come a long way in our new sermon series on battlegrounds. So today we are in the final sermon on this series. We talked about many kings and we visited many kingdoms to learn the strategies of war. And as, as we know, we are in the warfare, we are in the battlefield. You know, if I talk to you, you are going through some kind of battle or other in your lives. And this morning, I pray that God may speak to us. So today, as we conclude this particular series, we are going to visit the final battleground. Where the war was not between two human beings or human governments, but instead we are going to the final ground, battleground where we are going to see the war happening between the devil, our devil's agent by name Antichrist and God Almighty. Now before we go there, shall we all stand to make our declaration? The declaration of war. We declare that we are in war with the kingdom of darkness. Our war is not a physical war as we don't fight against flesh and blood. We will not give up. We will not compromise. We will not lose our focus. We will fight and gain victory. We are more than conquerors. We will make damage to the kingdom of darkness. We don't fight on our own strength. We fight in the name of Jesus who stripped the principalities and the powers of darkness at the cross. Go ahead. In Jesus' name, we declare, we affirm, and we engage ourselves in war. Amen. Please be seated. History of the world is written in the blood of millions who died in war. You know, many wars were fought in the history, and millions and millions of people died in war. You know, the costliest war in the history ever. Can you name that war? Second World War. Yeah, that's the right answer. Second World War. That's much way beyond what we can you know, think about and imagine about the other wars. 1939 to 1945, Second World War took place. Now, in the Second World War, the total number of fatalities, including the battle death, and the civilians on many different countries is estimated to have been 56.4 million. 56.4 million people died in Second World War. And 26.6 million from the Soviet itself. And the remaining 7.8 million Chinese civilians were killed during the Second World War. So there is no wonder, there is no reason why we cannot say that the, the, the history of the world is written in the blood of millions and millions of people who died in war. World has become a land of conflict and a land of strife. And today we don't see peace. Even, the, even though peace treaties are made, but still we don't see peace happening. We see more and more, you know, more and more reasons why people need to engage themselves. Countries and nations need to engage themselves in war. But there, was, there is a war. That is a war of wars. The war that will end all the war is referred 
as Battle of Armageddon. Can you say that with me? Battle of Armageddon. The world is getting ready for the final disaster. The disaster is the war that is predicted by the prophets. And of course, as it was revealed to John the disciple, we call that as the Battle of Armageddon. Now, so far we visited battles of the past, but today we are going to visit a battle of future. Can you say battle of future? Which is going to be the most disastrous, our most catastrophic, our most cataclysmic war of all the wars or battlefields that we visited. It is called the battleground of Armageddon. So if you have your Bible, can you turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 16? We are going to read from verses 12 to 16. Revelation chapter 16 verse 12. You know, some of you would have heard about this war. Some of you may be hearing it for the first time. And some of you may be wondering what this war is all about. And this morning, God is going to reveal to us what is the battle of Armageddon. And you need to follow me very closely. We are in Revelation chapter 16 verse 12. Then the sixth angel poured out his ball on the great river Euphrates. And its water was dried up. So that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. Verse 13, Revelation 16. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great, that great day of God Almighty. And Jesus saying to John, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garment, lest he walk naked and they shall see his shame. Verse 16, And they gathered, gathered them to, together to the place called in Hebrew, Armageddon. This morning we are talking about the battle of Armageddon. Now we are going to see we are going to answer to a couple of questions this morning. You know, the best way to learn the word of God is by asking questions. And these are the couple of questions we are going to ask. When is the battle of Armageddon going to take place? Where is Armageddon? And what is the purpose of Armageddon? And what is the program of Armageddon? And who are going to be the participants in the final battle? And what is the final move of God in the whole scenario? Amen? Are you with me this morning? So we are going to get into this and this is, a, this is a study come sermon. I just want you to bear with me and follow with me very carefully. So first question, when is the battle of Armageddon going to take place? The very next event that is about to happen, listen to me, you need to be very careful. The very next event that's going to happen to, happen to the church in the history of the church is what? Quickly. Rapture. So rapture is the very next event that is going to take place. We read that, uh, we read about rapture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. These are the two places Bible talk about, uh, Bible talks about rapture. Now once the restrainer is removed and Bible says, Paul says, who is the restrainer? The restrainer is the church of God. Once the restrainer is moved, the power of hell is going to be set loose. 
You know, you can imagine when you walk through the downtown in the middle of the night, too, you can imagine the power of darkness in those areas. And you can imagine how it is going to be when church is taken up and, and the Spirit of God is, you know, is restrained in his, in his activity. And, you know, we see the world is given in the hands of the demon, hands of Satan. And all the satanic power is set loose and on the face of this earth. You can imagine that period. Antichrist is going to establish his kingdom and the wrath of God is going to be poured upon this land for seven long years. We call that as a tribulation period. The battle of Armageddon is going to take place during the second half of the tribulation period, close to the end of the tribulation period, before the returning of our great King, King and God Almighty Lord Jesus Christ. Now what we are going to see now is the fulfillment of the prophecies which are spoken by prophets so we are going to, going to go back and forth between the prophetical books and to the book of Revelation. So we will be visiting the book of Daniel, book of Isaiah, the prophetical book of Joel and Zechariah. And we will be doing it back and forth between the book of Revelation and those prophetical books. Revelation 16, 13 Bible says, and I saw, John says, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. You know, like there is a holy trinity, God the Father, Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. There is an unholy trinity, that's what we see here in the scriptures. Satan, the dragon, the false prophet, and the antichrist. They together they form the unholy trinity. So this unholy trinity will be commissioned to distract so to, to destroy Israel when the church is taken off from the face of this earth. So as I said, all the forces of the hell is going to set loose as the spirits come out of these three members of the unholy trinity. And they are going to bring the whole nation into the battleground of Armageddon. And as we go further, you'll be able to appreciate you know, how God was revealing that to, the, to John and to all the other prophets. Now we found out when the battle is going to happen. Now we know the sequence of events that are to take place. And we know the battle of Armageddon is going to happen during the second half of the tribulation period. Now let us see where is Armageddon. Amen. Where is Armageddon? Revelation chapter 16 verse 16 is the only scripture of the Bible that talks about Armageddon. Let's read that scripture. Revelation 16, 16. And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew. Armageddon. Now the word Armageddon, we are trying to find out where is Armageddon. The word, word Armageddon comes from a Greek word, Har Megiddon. Har Megiddon, which means Mount Megiddo. Can you say that with me? Mount Megiddo. Har means mountain and Megiddo means slaughter. So Armageddon means mound of slaughter. A question for quiz, maybe. Armageddon means mound of slaughter. So that's the meaning of the name of Mount um, uh, of Armageddon. Mount of Megiddo is a geographical location in Israel even today. Go and Google it, Megiddo. You will find where Megiddo is. It's a very vast plain. It reaches from the Mediterranean. Sea to the north part of Israel, 20 miles southeast of Haifa, 
and 50 miles north of Jerusalem. So Megiddo is a real place even today. And Bible says, my Bible says that's the place where the battle of Armageddon is going to take place. Napoleon Bonaparte first viewed it. He was staying on top of the mountain and he was viewing the plain of Megiddo and this is what he said. He was reported to have said this particular thing. All the armies of the world could maneuver their forces on this vast plain. There is no place in the whole world more suited for war than this. It is the most natural battleground of the whole earth. Prophet Joel says, this battle is fought in the valley of Jehoshaphat. You remember we talked about it a couple of weeks before? It's an extended part of east of Jerusalem. Let's read Joel chapter 3 verse 2 what the prophet says. He says, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. Prophet Joel says it is a valley of Jehoshaphat. Isaiah says it is going to take place in Edom. Isaiah 34, 5 Bible says, For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Indeed, it shall come down on Edom and on the people of my curse for judgment. Joel says it is going to take place in the valley of Jehoshaphat. And you know, Isaiah says it is going to take place in Edom and so Edom is obviously not in the valley of Jehoshaphat. Edom is not, the, not Armageddon. Zechariah speaks of this particular war taking place in Jerusalem. So putting all these prophetical statements, we realize, we find out the war won't be contained in one place. It's going to spread out to different areas. Revelation 14.20, if you can read that with me. And the winepress was trampled outside the city. And blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. God was showing to John how this war is going to take place. If John is alive and if he is getting a chance to get a glimpse of that war as the war is taking place... This is what John will find on that day. Blood, running, flowing blood in the land of Israel will be up to the height of the horse's bridle. Can you imagine? That level of blood flowing through the land of Jerusalem. Now the bloodshed during the battle is going to flow through 16. Bible says, 16,000, 1,600 furlongs, 1,600 furlongs. So 1,600 furlongs is exactly 200 miles. The blood flow flowing to 300 miles up to the height of horse's bridle. You can imagine. So which is exactly, it's a distance from the northern tip of Israel and the southern tip of Israel. Covering the entire land. You know, that's the kind of bloodshed that is going to happen during the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon is going to fill the entire Palestine. Entire Palestine. So we found out, we answered the second question now. We found out where, when the battle is going to happen. We also found out where the Battle of Armageddon is going to happen. Now let us find out the purpose of Armageddon. You know, God would not have written that in the word of God without any purpose. Are you with me this morning? 
So God has, you know, has something in mind when he spoke about the battle of Armageddon. So it is important to know the mind of God. Why God wants to have this battle to happen. So the battle is not just a single battle, as I said. It is a campaign of battles. It's a campaign of battles happening in a spread out area around the Mediterranean and in the Mediterranean. So it is going to involve many different battles, as I said. It is going to be fought over a period of 3.5 years, the second half of the tribulation period. Now, what is the purpose of this battle? This is very interesting to know. Our God is such a God. Number one reason, it is time to punish the Jewish people for their rebellion. Remember, when Jesus came to this world, they rejected him. Even now, today, all the Jews, they don't follow, they don't accept Jesus Christ openly. You know, even though there are many efforts to bring all the Jews back because the battle has to happen. Jews are coming back to their nation, but they are all not going to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first reason why the battle of Armageddon is because Israel rejected the Messiah. Remember this period is called in the word of God as a Jacob's trouble. Any of you remember? This particular period is known as Jacob trouble. Israel is going to be in pain during the time. Number one reason, it is a time to punish his own people who still rebel. Even after the church is taken off, even after the rapture happens, still Jews will be there in the nation of Israel. And they are going to be punished by the Lord at the battle of Armageddon. Number two reason why God purposed this battle the nations are judged for their persecution of Israel. You know, remember today the persecution is going on across the land. You know, if you think about your nation, you, you, you cry because, you know, such a great amount of persecution is going on in all our nations. And God says through John, I'm going to come back in the, during the time of the battle, battleground of Armageddon and I'm going to punish the persecutors of his people. God's people, Joel chapter 3 verse 2, the scripture that we read, I will also gather all nations, listen to this, and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations because they persecuted them. They have also divided up my land. Now God cannot handle it. God is angry already. He's about to pour his wrath upon those who, all, all those persecutors. You remember Genesis chapter 12, God gave a promise to Abraham. And God said, I will bless whom you bless. I will curse whom you curse. And that promise is coming true. Those who curse the children of God, those who curse the Israel, they are going to be punished during the battle of Armageddon. So number three reason why God purposed battle of Armageddon. God is punishing the nations for its sinfulness. You know, God is punishing the nations. He's not looking at individuals by individual, but he's just looking at the whole nation, you know, walking away from God. Revelation chapter 19 verse 15. If you can read that with me. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with the rod of iron. He himself tread the windpress of the fierceness and the wrath of God Almighty. God is going to punish the nations who rejected God. Psalmist says in Psalm 2.4, if you remember that psalm, He who sits in the heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. God is going to mock at them. God is going to laugh at them because they did not choose 
to follow God. So God is storing up the judgment upon the nations. Revelation 16, 19, sorry, verse 9, Bible says, And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. You know what? what's happening? Because we didn't have much time to talk about the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, when the church is taken up, there are people, millions and millions of people, they are going to be on this earth. They will go through the rulership of Antichrist. And when Antichrist is ruling over them, looks like everything seems to be okay. Because he gives a false promise saying that he is going to rule the nation of Israel. In fact, when he says rule the nation of Israel, that means the whole world. In peace. And people believe that. And eventually he is going to say that you all need to worship me. And that's why people get into trouble. And when they get into trouble, he will destroy, he will kill, and he will do all these kind of things. But then there's a group of people, we think that they will come to God by seeing all this, all, all these things. But you know what? The more the persecution is, Bible says their heart is going to be more harder. You remember God hardened the heart of Pharaoh? The same scenario is going to repeat. God is going to harden the hearts of people. Instead of seeking out for help to, from God, they are going to blaspheme God. Lord, who are you? Why are you doing this? No, they are going to blaspheme our God. So God is going to come back to this world. Let's move further. We talked about when the battle is going to happen, where the battle is going to be. And we also talked about the purpose of Armageddon. Now let's move on to the program of Armageddon. How that is going to happen. It's very interesting to see the Bible, to, to study the Bible. Now listen to me. During the time of tribulation, at the beginning time, Antichrist is going to make a covenant with the nation of Israel. Right after the rapture, before the tribulation starts, Antichrist is going to make a deal with the nation of Israel. Prophet Daniel, he spoke about it in chapter 9 verse 27. And he says, then he shall confirm a covenant with, my, with many for one week. What does it say? Then he shall confirm a covenant with my people for one week. Now, when you study the word of God, we need to be a students of the word of God and we need to be students of prophecy. Now, when you study the prophetical book, here we very clearly we understand the week is not a week of days. But instead, the week here is the week of years. So one week of years, that means how many years? Seven years. So he's making a covenant with Israel for the seven long years, saying that he's going to rule the nation in peace. So the Antichrist of the European Union, European Union is already set by the time. It is already, it, we all know that it has already began. Now it is going to be fully established. So now Antichrist is going, having a full grip over the European Union. And Antichrist from the European Union, he's going to sign a covenant with the nation of Israel, guaranteeing peace and security. And now this self-appointed ruler of all the nation, strengthening his role as a world leader by making a covenant with Israel because he knows very well that Israel is a major power the power of God amen we're talking about the program of Antichrist now he will also use signs and wonders to gain attention of the whole nations to establish himself as God but Daniel 11:36 says then the king shall do according to his own will he will act on his own desire 
He shall exalt and magnify himself above every God, even the God of Israel. He will try to exalt himself above the God of Israel and shall speak blasphemies against the God of Gods. Who is the God of Gods? Jesus, our God, and he is the... Are you with me this morning? Amen. Are you not excited? No? Yes? I don't see that excitement in your face. Who is the God of Gods? Jesus, our God, is the God of gods. And Antichrist will exalt himself above all the gods, above every god of nations, and even the god of gods, and he will perform signs and wonders. He's going to set himself as God. He wants everybody to worship him. He will promise the temple worship. He will promise peace in Israel. He will promise safety and security for people. And many, the millions are going to believe in him. Now, very slowly, very soon, he's going to get into trouble. That's a mistake that he makes, he's going to make. He makes everyone to worship him. We don't say an amen to this. He's going to make everyone to worship him. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 13, verse 15. Read the scripture with me. Revelation chapter 13, verse 15. Can you all read? He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So Antichrist is going to give power. He's a powerful individual. He's a powerful personality. And he is going to give power to that image which he erected. And he is going to give power so that the image can speak as well as the image can make people to worship before the image. And if not, the image is capable of killing them, destroying them. Now the nations will think. Listen to me, this is very interesting the way things are moving forward. Now the nations will think, oh, there is something wrong. He's asking, I thought we are going to the temple of Jerusalem. We are worshipping God Almighty. You know, how, can you imagine the Holy Spirit is not here? The Holy Spirit doesn't move in those days. But still people worship. Still people seek God in the temple of God. But now when he declared that himself as God, and when he says that everybody need to worship me, now people will start thinking about there is something going wrong. Then the nations will decide to go to rise against Antichrist. Follow with me carefully. Now let's find out who are the participants in this battle. Now the battle is setting up. God is setting up that stage for the battle. Now who are going to be the participants? Antichrist bring, brings every nation to one place. You know, this is a strategy here. Whether they are very far, they are living very far, they are far away, miles across. The idea of Antichrist is to bring them to one place. Whether they, they are for God or they are against God. He doesn't really care. Whether they are for Antichrist or against Antichrist, he doesn't care. He doesn't really care about it. He brings them to one place so that he can make everyone to fall before him and worship God. Sorry, worship him as God of the universe. Are you with me? He does that by gathering all the people of the nations by sending out his spirit. That's what the Bible says. 
And John saw this and he records this. Can you come with me to Revelation chapter 16 verse 13? Revelation 16 13 Bible says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophets, the three unholy trinity that we talked about. Verse 14, For they are spirits of demons, performing, read that carefully, signs which go out. These spirits, they go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. So these evil spirits are sent out and these evil spirits, they will go and collect all the nations to the battle of Armageddon. There are six major powers involved in the battle of Armageddon. Listen to me. It's, it's very, very interesting, but at the same time, you need to follow me very carefully. Number one, the revived Roman emperor. Or the remain, revived Roman empire. That includes the ten kingdom federation of the European Union under the leadership of Antichrist. They are going to be there in the battle, all the ten countries of the European Union. Go and Google it. You will find out a list of European Union members today. Right? And secondly, the Northern Confederation, Russia. You can imagine where Israel is, the Northern Confederation, Russia and its allies. Thirdly, the Southern Kingdoms, sorry, the Eastern Kingdom, East to Israel, is the Asia. Asia is going to be included, involved in this battle. South is Africa. Africa is going to be involved in this battle. And of course, the Lord and his army, they are going to be involved in this battle. And finally, the nation of Israel. Amen? You can imagine the whole world joining together at the battle of, at the battle of Armageddon. Let's talk a little more about it. The Northern and Southern, Southern Confederation. Daniel prophesied in Daniel chapter 11 verse 40. Let's read the scripture. At the time of the end of the king of the south shall attack him. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind. With chariots, horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them and pass through. The king of the south and the king of the north. They are going to come. Attack comes from the south, from Africa. Bible says, few names, but it is going to cover all the African countries. Africa, Egypt, if you knew names, few countries there in Africa, on the continent of Africa, Egypt, <clears throat> and Libyans, and the Ethiopians, they are going to come from other nations too. Now, the armies of the north, as we say, the Russia and the Allies, they are going to come back. They are not going to worship him. They are not going to bow down before him. But the idea is to invite everybody. Antichrist invited everybody. They are all going to come to the plain of Megiddo. The Mount of Megiddo. But now somehow the Antichrist is just waiting, pushing those north and south allies so that they won't come just all of a sudden. He is waiting for something else to happen. Now what is happening is he realized the eastern countries are coming together too. That really troubled his mind. We read that in Daniel chapter 11 in the same chapter verse 44. But news from the east and the north shall trouble him. He heard that the eastern countries are joining. Therefore he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. Now listen to this. Like Israel now. Antichrist is going to be attacked from north, from south, and from the 
east from all the directions. Now how this massive army from the east can cross the river Euphrates, if some of you know a little bit of geography. Euphrates, river Euphrates just flows all around from the north to the south. There is no way the eastern armies can cross river Euphrates to come to Jerusalem. But prophetically, Daniel spoke saying that the eastern armies are going to come. That threatened him. That threatened Antichrist. He became very angry about it. Euphrates really bifurcates the entire land that really prevents people from Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, China to come to this battle, River Euphrates. Now, how do we handle it? People are talking about building bridges over River Euphrates. That effort is going on. People are, you know, talking about setting highways from India to Pakistan border, it's already there, into China, into Iraq, and eventually that will lead people, millions of people for this battleground, people are talking about it. They're also talking about, can we airlift millions and millions of people and get them ready for the battle? It's all going on now, these talks are going on already. Now you know what, God is going to handle it. If you turn back the history, has not handled such situation in the past, you remember, God asked Moses to stretch the rod to the Red Sea and Red Sea parted. Bible says, children of Israel walked through the Red Sea as if it's a dry land. Remember, River Jordan parted for his people. And it's easy for God to you know, dry the river Euphrates so that the Eastern army can get into that. And God is going to do that. We read that in Revelation chapter 16, verse 12. Revelation 16, verse 12. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates. And its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. Prophetically, John is saying these things. Revelation 9.16 Bible says, Now the number of the army of the husband was 200 million. How many are coming from the east? 200 million. I want you to imagine that number, the size of the army. I heard the number of them. John is very confident. I heard the number, the Spirit of God telling me 200 million army coming to the land of Israel for the battle. Antichrist thought, you know, listen to me, this is the whole idea. We need to just cut short and narrow it down. Antichrist thought that he can make the whole world worship him. But now he is getting attacked from every end. Not everybody is cooperating with him. He is getting attacked from the north, from the south and from the east. Hundreds of millions are going to come to battle against, against Antichrist. Now just in a moment, the world dictator is about to gain control over the world. Here comes 200 millions from the east. They are going to come in the future. Now, Antichrist really needs to think about they are coming against him. He needs to think about all the resources he has to deal with this 200 million of army and attack from the north and attack from the south. Now, at this point, the greatest war in all the history involving these 100 millions of people will be set in motion, just ready to happen in the land of Israel. And Israel is going to be the battleground for the Armageddon war. Now, just at that moment that Israel will be attacked in the battle of Armageddon, 
God in all his sovereign wisdom, he was waiting for this moment. That's what I believe. He was waiting for this moment to gather all the nations. God did not need to do it. Antichrist already did that. All the army, all the nations are already set there in Megiddo, the plain of Megiddo. Antichrist gathered all the nations because he sent out the spirits and invited everybody thinking that they are for him. But now the entire nation is there. The entire world population is there at that moment. Now God is going to execute his plan. God has to wipe away the whole mankind. And it has become easy for him. The plain of Megiddo, God is going to destroy everyone. And he's going to wipe away the wicked generation from the face of this earth. And he's going to do everything new. Amen? Now the final move of God, we are in the final segment of the sermon. Final move of God. Shall we go to Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 16. Antichrist thought that he is going to make everyone to worship him. But God is on the move right now. Revelation chapter 19 verse 11. Let's read from 11 to 16. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. Read that with me. He had a name written. Go ahead. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Verse 14. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations at the battle of Armageddon. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the windpress, windpress of the fierceness and wrath of God Almighty. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords the one who is riding on the white horse is going to come along with the armies of heaven to attack the nations of the earth you know this is the strategy this is the scenario that's happening in the book of revelation that's the war which is said to happen we are talking about this morning he mentions about heaven's armies you know and a couple of interesting thoughts before we close he talked about heaven's army. Now this heaven's army consists of two divisions. Amen. Heaven's army which, are, which is coming from heaven to attack the nations and antichrist. They are having two divisions. Now before the tribulation started. Do you remember the children of God. The saints of God were raptured into heaven. Where they are now, right now. They are all waiting there in the heaven. Now Bible says. If you read that very carefully, there are two divisions in the heavenly army. And number one division is made up of the raptured saints. Amen. Those who are raptured, are you with me? Yes, you're okay. So those who are raptured into the heavens, they are going to come back with Lord Jesus Christ as he comes to destroy the nations. So they form the number one division. The first division is made up of the raptured saints. We are going to quickly read through a couple of scriptures right now. You know, before we get, to get into a time of prayer. Zechariah chapter 14 verse 5 says, Thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints 
with you. All the raptured saints are going to come along with the Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 13 says, So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So God is going to come back to this world with all his saints. Second Thessalonians 1.10 When he comes in the day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe he's going to come to this world along with the saints listen to me jude chapter 4 sorry jude verse 14 says now enoch the seventh from adam prophesied about these men also saying behold the lord comes with ten thousands of his saints so we are talking about God Almighty coming down from heaven to attack the nations in the battle of Armageddon. And from the word of God, we realize the saints of God who are raptured into heaven, they are going to come back. They form the first division, the second division of his, or his angels. Amen. We, are you with me? Matthew, one few more scriptures, two more scriptures. Matthew chapter 25 verse 31. Jesus prophetically spoke about these days. We didn't get to too much into it, but one scripture. When the son of man comes in his glory, all the holy angels with him then he will sit on the throne of his glory so gee god is going to come back to this world along with the two segments of his army number one segment the raptured saints and number two segment the angels i want you to think about this before we close we are going to fight we are going to join in the battle of armageddon along with the god's army amen the church is going to join along with God's army and they're forming part of God's army as Lord himself come down to strike the nations. Now think about it, when we are in the Lord's army, when God is coming, I want you to imagine, God is coming down. You feel that you will be raptured? Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes? Sure? Okay, so now you need to think about it. Think, think about that along with me. When we come back with the Lord God, He's going to fight. Who's going to fight? The Lord's army is going to fight. And the Bible, we read that a couple of times. How he is going to fight? By his word of mouth. Word of the sword. He's going to fight with the nations. Now we don't need to carry any sword along with us. We don't need to really make, shoot any, we don't need to really shoot any guns. We don't really need to set any bombs as we fight against this antichrist. And we don't really, you know, man any tank and bring them to this fight. We just need to come along with the Lord God. And God is going to fight. And the Lord will strike his enemies out of the word of his mouth. And he will just speak and what will happen? Everybody will be annihilated. The whole nation will be annihilated when he speaks. Then why are we coming along with this? Why he's taking us along with him? Bible said, we read that scripture. Let's read that again. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 10. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because of our testimony among you was believed. Why the saints are coming with him? To glorify his name. And why the saints are coming with him? God to be admired by all those who believe. So our worship, our, our praise on that day is Lord, you take all the glory. You are the king of kings. You are more than able to annihilate all the, all the nations. You know, that's the reason God is bringing the people of God along with, along with him. And we are just the spectators. And when we are raptured, we are not going to have this flesh and blood, this body. We will be just hovering 
in the air watching what is happening in the land of Israel. Zechariah spoke about it in Zechariah chapter 14 verse 9. Now immediately when God Almighty conquers these nations, God is going to establish his throne. And we know the sequence of events. The devil is going to be cast into the bottomless pit for how many years? Thousand years. And God Almighty is going to set his reign on the face of this earth. Zechariah says, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day, it shall be the Lord is one and his name one. Can you all stand? Can you all read the scriptures together? And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day, it shall be the Lord is one and his name one. And the Lord God Almighty is going to rule the nations forever and forever. Couple of thoughts, since we need to talk about the strategies which we never spoke about until now. Because we are trying to hear the wars between God and good and evil and God and the devil. And you know, we can think about what are the strategies that God is adopting here. Number one, can you read that with me? God allows, as you read, we think about it, we understand it. God allows the evil to flourish. He allows the Antichrist to establish his throne, gather all the nations to one place so that he can annihilate the human governments with the power of his nostrils, which is the word of God. Number two, you know, that's the strategy he follows. Number two, God is going to use his saints, his church, along with the angels to fight against the oppressor and the persecutor of the nations called Antichrist. Number three, God is going to destroy the nations with the sword of his mouth, which is the word of God. Number four, God is going to wipe away evil from the face of this earth and going to establish his throne forever and ever. You know, these are the strategies that God Almighty is going to follow during the battle of Armageddon. And you know what? We are going to live with him forever and ever. What a good note it is to finish this series of sermons this morning, saying and knowing that we are going to rule with him forever and ever. Shall we close our eyes?